Thanks for listening to the Best of Coast to Coast podcast. Become a Coast Insider, and you can hear this complete conversation as well as recent shows featuring guests discussing new cases of the troubling cattle mutilation phenomenon, worrisome instances of clandestine CIA torture, and the evidence that the lost city of Atlantis may have really once existed. Check out these programs and many other fascinating episodes waiting for you in the Coast to Coast Archive by heading over to coasttocoastam.com and signing up for Coast Insider. Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back. James Schwartz is a board-certified hypnotherapist. He is a practitioner and founder and director of the Rocky Mountain Hypnotherapy Center in Lakewood, Colorado. James spent a couple years gathering information about life, death, the afterlife, karma, parallel planes as well, healing, and his book is called One Voice, Sacred Wisdom. James, welcome to the show. I'm looking forward to this with you. Thank you for having me on the show. I'm I'm excited about sharing some of this information with you. Tell me about your background. How did you get involved in this? Well, I've done hypnotherapy since 2003, and in my practice, I've always worked with things that were kind of a little bit unusual. You know, I, one of my specialties is infertility, and I actually wrote a book about that called The Mind-Body Fertility Connection. Huh. And then over time, what I've done is a process called alchemical hypnosis. And in alchemical hypnosis, the clients are asked to bring in a guide that might be able to assist them, to help them working through their issues. So... For example, a client who has maybe had a death in the family and they were feeling upset and a lot of grief, they might want to bring in like a guardian angel or something, and that angel could provide comfort and answers to questions about death. And so over time, what I noticed was there were some very interesting aspects to these conversations. It didn't matter whether the client brought in an angel or a spirit guide or an animal totem the answers were strikingly similar. And so that sort of gave me the idea that, you know, I need to do a little bit more investigation with this. And did you believe it in the beginning that that these things are happening, that spirit guides are showing up, that angels are helping out? Um, it pretty, I did really actually very, very soon after I started this process. Because what happened is the guidance that they gave was so strikingly similar and I observed that it didn't matter if the client was a Christian or if they were Jewish or if they were atheist or somebody who describes themselves as metaphysical, the answers were amazingly consistent. And so that's what kind of convinced me something's going on here. Something's kind of interesting. Something definitely is coming. And the question is, is do we create it or is it there to help us? Um, really, what the guides say is we're here to help you. We're, we're there where you want to, we want you to communicate with us as much as possible. The only creation part I would say is that certain clients will bring in a, a guide that feels most comfortable for them. So in other words, if they have a really strong Christian background, for example, they might bring in an angel, whereas someone who feels they're really connected to the earth might bring in like an animal guide, like an owl or a wolf or something to communicate with. So people bring in, the guides that come in appear to be something that fits best into that person's belief system. How important is hypnotherapy in uh, working with somebody? Um, Actually, extremely important because I think it's through the trance state 
that we're able to relax, communicate with the subconscious, and I think that opens the door for us to have this open communication with other realms. I think we we can talk to our guides and angels and spirits on a continual basis, but it becomes a lot more profound and the communication becomes a lot stronger when we're in hypnosis. I think so, too. Now, you have something that is called alchemical hypnosis. What is that? So the term alchemy goes back thousands of years. Right. And for the record, there's no chemicals involved. It's, <laughs> um, but it, refer- it refers to transmutation or change. And so a lot of people are familiar with the alchemical reference about turning lead into gold. And so that's what the alchemist is trying to do is take someone who's maybe struggling and make them feel better. So over time, alchemy became known as, you know, the practice of using like herbs and healing potions and things like that. And then eventually Carl Jung applied the term to to psychoanalytic methods where part of the process was working with archetypes and guides. And then in hypnosis, in very general terms, this work has come to represent just working with guides who come in and give the client advice or counsel in hopes that we can positively transform their life. Now, when we see hypnosis being conducted on television, you know, it's uh, a little me- a little something that's waved in front of somebody's eyes and they're out. Like, is, is that the same as what you do? Not at all. That's, I, you almost have to throw out everything you've seen in movies and TV about hypnosis. And in the first place, the, the client is always in control. There's no mind control, so we can't make a client go rob banks and bring us the money. You know, that those kind of things only work on, in the movies. And secondly, people are not asleep in hypnosis. When you think about it, every movie you've seen, they always say things like, go to sleep. But all of us have probably tried to talk to someone who's asleep, and all they do is mumble gibberish. So if someone was really asleep during this process, we wouldn't get anything done. We wouldn't get anything constructive done. And then another thing that's a difference between what you see in the movies and real life is that the client remembers everything that goes on in the session. And they can't get stuck in trance, so they don't wander around the next day saying, you know, okay, what bank should I rob today? So right, right. those are just misconceptions. And, and if any of that was really true, this process would be illegal. We wouldn't be able to practice hypnosis. Have you ever had, though, some strange cases? Uh, oh, I've yeah, I've definitely had some strange cases. There's when I've done past life reincarnation. Those those things can be sometimes very interesting. And one of the things that has happened during this process was some clients will actually just channel information. And when somebody channels information, what it means is like their angel might be speaking through them, so to speak, and. That means that they might have a different accent, they might have different word choices, their breathing patterns change, their intonation changes, everything changes. It's almost like they they take on like an accent, like they're becoming a, an actor or something, and all of a sudden this sort of a different personality comes through. And when I say that, I don't mean that in a bad way. It's always, you know, very benevolent energies that we work with, but sometimes people will kind of just speak as if there's a, an energy that's sort of speaking to them and they, their voice changes. At this point, what do you think of past lives, real or otherwise? Uh, I would have to say real at this point, just because I've had so much experience with people um, going back. And 
one of the things I like to do when someone does a past life regression is go just into the, the lifetime previ- prior to this one. Because sometimes if we can get a name and location and some different information, the client can actually do some research and they may be able to verify some of those details. We get a call from a lady every once in a while who is uh, convinced that mm-hmm. she's the reincarnated Cleopatra. Okay. And uh, knows everything about her. Everything about her. I mean, it's truly remarkable. But for past lives, how many do you think, if it's real, how many past lives have people had? Well, based on the guides and what they say in this this process, we're multidimensional. And so when we pass on, we have many existences. And actually, what they'd say is not only, they're not just consecutive existences, but they're parallel existences, which is something I had no idea was coming. I didn't expect that at all. Um, but we are multidimensional beings. And I've asked guides, I've said, I, I mean, are we talking like thousands of lives? And they say, yes, it's like so many that it's Jeez. not something we really can understand and comprehend. Because so many of them are going on simultaneously. I mean, could we have been cave people? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Hmm. Could we have been on other planetary systems? And that actually is something that people do regress to pretty often, yes. That's interesting. So when while you were doing this uh, in hypnotizing people, did you feel as if you were coming into some incredible field, or did anything, was there an epiphany for you? I think it was because of the consistency of the answers. I thought, now, how could this be? It's, it didn't matter if the client was talking to a wolf or if they were talking to a uh, spirit guide or if they were talking to an angel or if they were talking to a ball of energy or Jesus, and it didn't matter what the person believed, the client believed. Like I said, they could have been an atheist, they could have been Christian, right. any background. But when the answers were so similar, when I talk about similar, I'm talking like maybe 96 times out of 100, 97 times, 98 times out of 100. When there was that consistency, it felt like it's just coming from this one voice. And that's where I got the title, One Voice. And then, of course, what they're sharing with us was sacred wisdom. There you go. Information we didn't know, yeah. Now back to these spirit guides. The, are they sometimes our dearly departed, uh, dead, one, uh, dead relatives and family members? Yes, we. I use that quite a bit. Where people will sometimes, if they're working on maybe family issues, we'll have someone who's maybe passed come back in. You know, like maybe a grandfather right. or something that that might have been abusive or something or neglectful or had rejected them, and then we'll kind of try and get into why that happened, but. Um, for guidance, yes, sometimes people will bring in, you know, their, their maybe a grandmother they were close to or um, some sort of relative or ancestor. Who needs the closure on things like that? Is it the dead person or the living person? Ah, that's kind of an interesting question because um, typically we go in there with the idea that it's the living person, but sometimes I'll have people do what I call like familial release or the, in other words like the entire family maybe has been holding on to some sort of abusive pattern or something and we give the person who came in the opportunity to release and let go of those dysfunctions 
just as we do the person who's in the hypnosis chair. So they can work with the ancestors and they can all release or let go of a pattern or heal or forgive something that needs to be done. And that can provide closure not only for the client, but also for the, the ancestor lineage of that client. Well, James, what's the major message you would like people to uh, take with the One Voice Sacred Wisdom? Uh, probably one of the most important things is the guides really want to connect with us. Uh, a lot of times we would do this work and I felt like, wow, this wisdom, it's incredible what they're sharing. And I thought, well, maybe it's just one guy letting me know this. But time after time, they would talk about these things that were really pretty remarkable. And what they would say is, we want you guys to start communicating with us more and more. We want to have that. That's the way we can help you evolve and grow. Is that what the guides want? Are they they're really out there to benefit us? Absolutely. And sometimes people feel like, oh, you know, I don't want to bother them. But they're, it's really the opposite. They're saying, we want you to communicate with us in whatever form that is. You know, sometimes people think, well, I have to go to church to do that. And that's not necessarily the case. You know, maybe that might just be finding a, you know, taking a walk out in, you know, an area where there's lots of trees and flowers and animals and things like that and just communicating with your guides there or maybe it's just a you know a meditation area in your house or something they just want to communicate listen to more coast to coast am every weeknight at 1 a.m eastern and go to coast to coast am.com for more